0: to the official podcast of the mission Redlands we are a growing community living out god 's radical love amen amen thank you guys for coming um, thank you so much for worship team that was that was incredible um, despite the fact that the microphones weren 't working so I think god's trying to uh, trying to tell us, tell me something at least, because I stress out about all the tech and all the details, and, and this, this week, we're, or this month, we've been talking about pressing pause, and, and so part of that pressing pause is like pressing pause on all the all the production, but then, you know, I feel like I'm still trying to make this work, and I know that I need to preach this to myself, so um, so this, you know, like I said, this has been, this has been a, a long time coming, actually, uh, this this. This series we call Press Pause. Um, if you weren't here last week, you're probably wondering where your seat went. So sorry, we moved them. Um, they'll be back in a few weeks, so don't worry about it. But, but uh, I, I promise you there's this, there's, this reason, there's a reason for this, what we're doing here. We're trying to intentionally set this mindset of, of pressing pause, doing something different, and just kind of recognizing that we need to, to make a change in our lives. And, and, and I think it's fascinating how we all resist change, right? I know I totally felt uncomfortable like making this change of like saying, hey, there's going to be kids in the, in the, you know, kids here. My kids are here, which they haven't ever seen me preach. I don't, hey, guys, how you doing? They're not, they're ignoring me. So, um, which is totally normal. Um, but we kind of wanted to give all of our volunteers some time off this, this summer and this, this, uh, this month. And, um, you know, truly take this, this pause from all of these church activities that we sometimes get, get caught up in. And, uh, and, and build this rhythm of rest into our lives. So there's a, com- there's a quotation that's, that's attributed to a famous composer named Mozart. I used to play a lot of classical music. I still love classical music. And Mozart once said this, that the music is not in the notes. The music is not in the notes, but in the silence between. And in our world today, we don't build in that silence, do we? We don't build in the pause. It's as if we're, we're blasting our music on, on 10 <laughs> all day long. And at times we don't have that time to have the silence. So uh, if you know me, you know I don't like to pause. I, I just kind of confessed that already. I'm like, oh gosh, there's so many things I got to get done. Um, in fact, when we felt God was calling us to, to uh, Ricardo and, and Jason and I, we talked about this, this sermon series, and we, we felt like God is really calling us to press pause. And at that, at that preaching team retreat, we talked about, okay, well, the first week, Jason will preach, and the second week, um, I'm like, eh, I'll preach. That sounds good. I mean, preach on rest and the Sabbath sounds like a great... And they looked at me, both of them looked at me and said, but that would mean you'd actually have to do it. And... Uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, they, so they know me, and, and they know who I am, and, and I love these guys, because they don't pull punches with me, um, but I love to to work hard, and I love to play hard, and I love to do church hard, which is strange, right? I mean, I, I just love, I love church, and um, so i love to make this this uh, this as, as excellent as we can, um, but one of my favorite sayings, and, and, and I'm not really proud of it, is actually this, it's, it's, it's you can sleep when you're dead, and and I don't know, anybody else like, like that one? I mean, there's some medical student up here, so I, I know that's, that probably happened to you. Um, in fact, last night I worked till midnight, and, um, and tonight I'm working again until midnight, so I actually may literally sleep when I'm dead. But um, for me, this series is a, it's one I know I need. Um, I know I need this rest and this peace in my life, and I need to hear it, and I hope that... that um, this is something that you need to hear as well, because pressing pause in our lives to refocus on what is truly important, it's not something we do a lot, and especially in church, we don't kind of like break our routine and do this, so I hope that you take this time with this month with us to, uh, to really refocus and rebalance um, on the true meaning of rest and Sabbath. So it's funny, we just went camping um, a couple weeks ago with my family, my parents are here, my, my kids, we had some other cousins there, which was fun, and um, we had five days of being in our trailer uh, in, in nature, which was great, and I'm happy to report that I have all, the use of all of my extremities, which is not, well, some of you guys, that's an inside joke, but, but like, that doesn't always happen when I go out in the trailer, so that was actually a good thing. Um, but when we went on this trip, I decided to stay away from my work email. Um, I have, you know, i got my phone right here. In fact, i got like 10 emails already in the last 25 minutes, so I don't want to look at it, but but I have my my, my work email on my phone, and I, I decided, I made a conscious decision, I'm just going to delete that off my phone and just not look at it for, for a week. Um, but it was hard, because I, I must admit, I'm like, I'm addicted to cleaning out my in-basket or inbox in my, in my phone, and I just... I just worry about what what would happen if like, if I, you know, if I don't, if I miss something or what what if somebody needs something from me? What if, you know, I I don't know. I I just make up all this stuff about what could happen if I didn't check my email. So, um, I'm happy to report I did stay away from it and nobody died. And, and I'm a doctor, so that was a distinct possibility that somebody could die, but nobody died. Um, and life moved on at work. And, uh, and so it's funny because we make up all this stuff about, and we have all these fears about what will happen if we unplug, if we don't just answer that. And, um, and as we said during the series, our culture, and if I'm honest, even myself, I often think that rest is a location or a, or a week off or, or a day off even. Um, and Jason talked about this last week. When we look at what God has to say about rest, God didn't need rest. I mean He made creation in, in six days, and He took a day of rest. And it was really a reminder to all of us how important this concept of, of pause is in every week. And I believe it, it really it really belongs in every day. There's a rhythm. There's a rhythm of pause. And you see, I think for many of us we're addicted to this sense of busyness. Um, in fact, we often have this turned into a greeting. I, I, Tara asked me this morning, and I was really careful not to say it this morning, but she said, "Hey, how are you doing?" And if you probably asked uh, a few of your friends, especially at my work, when you say, like, "Hey, how are you doing?" the answer is, "I'm doing good, I'm really busy, but I'm doing good." How many of you said that?" And right? But we never really ask this question is, "Is busy really good?" <laughs> Is it really good? And I think that question is actually hard to answer because, because there's a lot of good things that we do. There's a lot of good things that we do, but they keep us busy. And I don't know about you guys, but I sometimes have this sense of like FOMO. Has anybody heard of FOMO? The fear of missing out. So we've got some people that know uh, what FOMO is. There's a fear of missing out. And I hear it a lot in like financial circles. Um, you know, the business world where this fear of missing out, it, it causes people to do really irrational things. And, and back about 10 years ago, um, you guys remember this, uh, you know, it caused this huge, huge bubble in the financial markets, in the, in the housing market, and, and eventually that led to a crash. The housing market crashed, you know, the financial markets crashed, people lost their homes, people lost their, their jobs, and they lost their livelihoods, and, and some of you may have been in that, um, I don't know how that hits you, but you guys remember that. And, 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 and that is what happens when we give in to the fear of missing out, even in our own lives. For the fear of missing out on, on, on the good stuff, you know, the fun stuff that we, we fill our schedules with. I mean, for me, it's, it's, it's golf or fishing or uh, travel, and, I, and those are good things, they're fun things, Sometimes we fear missing out on them, and we fill our, fill our calendars up with them. Or or for the fear of missing out on an advancement at work or in school, we just take on a little bit more responsibility, or just just, just that little more, one more project, I can do it. I, I don't want to miss out. We have a fear. You know, for, for my kids and for our kids, for those of you who have kids, we fear like that they're going to be left behind, or that they're going to you know, not have the experiences that they, they, they need in life. And, and we, so we keep them in activities and keep them going and, and, and just run through this race. And it's crazy. And even in church this happens. I talk about it even today this happened. Um, you know, for fear of, you know, the light's not working right or the microphone's not working right or the projector not working right. We, we just we stress ourselves out in church. Maybe there's some ministry that we have that we're just like, we have to do this. We, one more thing. We could just do one more thing. We put one more thing on our plate. And again, there's nothing wrong with these things. But, but when they fill up our lives with things that no one will say were, were necessarily bad. I mean, that, when, when you fill your self, lives up with some, stuff that's bad, that's a different sermon. We'll talk about that another time. But when we're filling stuff, our lives up with stuff that's good, it's hard to say to say no we start feeling burned out. Anybody ever feel burned out? Like, like you just, just can't keep going on like this, right? And then our attitude suffers. And, and then our relationships start to suffer. And, and then our performance starts to suffer. We don't, we don't do as well at work or, or as a parent. Or, or our health starts to suffer. We start getting anxiety or stress-related illnesses. It's a real problem, but but the the question really is, why don't we just push, push stop? Why don't we just stop it all? Why don't we truly press pause? Or if it's something that's too much, why don't we just hit? You know, if we're going with the uh, you know boombox uh, metaphor there, why don't we just hit eject, and stop the tape from running? Why don't we do that? And I think that the answer for most of us is that we're afraid. You know, we're afraid of what's going to happen. We're afraid of what people might think of us. We're, we're afraid of what will happen if we don't do that little bit extra at work or at school. We make stuff up about what people will say or what, pe- what will happen if, if we don't keep just going like it's been going. So that question of why not press pause, that's the tension at the core of this whole series. And the question that we're going to ask today is this. Is there a better way? Is there another way to overcome this fear of missing out? Is there another way to look at this need for rest in our lives? You see, the ancient Jewish culture, they, they, they actually had it pretty easy in some ways, right? Because, because as Jason talked about last week, God had given them this day of rest, and, and he had given them this commandment. Um, it's actually one of the Ten Commandments. You may have heard of them. Um, they should probably write a book like the Ten Commandments. Um, I don't know, 10 rules for highly effective living or something like that. It's the 10 commandments. And one of the 10 commandments was, was about the Sabbath. And as GSN spoke last week, the Sabbath meant in the Hebrew language to stop or to cease. And in Exodus 20, verse 8, we see God giving the Israelites this commandment. And you remember Moses and, and the, the tablets and all of this. And this is, this is the commandment that God gave to the Israelites remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. See, this this beautiful pattern or rhythm of life that God gave the Israelites. And, And it mirrors God's creation story like we talked about last week. Six days of work and the seventh day is rest. It's beautiful. But, as we humans are pretty good at, um, we made it much more complicated than this, right? And by the time that Jesus came around, hundreds of years later, um, the, you know, the, we had these Pharisees that, had, that interpreted this little simple verse into something that was so much more. Because, you know, if you look at this, you said, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath. So, so. The real question is, what's the definition of work, right? Um, there was a huge amount of regulations about what work was. In fact, there was like 39 different categories of what was considered work. And uh, there, was, there was this big book about what they could and could not do. So obviously, you know, if you're thinking about it, I mean, if you're carrying a big burden, that's pretty, that's heavy, that's work. Um, and so you shouldn't be able to carry a burden on the Sabbath day, right? But but wait, a burden has to be defined because we can't we can't just let people make their own judgment about whether they kind of ex- did a little too much too much extra that day. And so the scribes came up with a law, the Pharisees came up with a law, and it describes a burden as this. And it's beautiful. Um, just just uh, keep this in mind. So don't go carrying anything today, like this. So don't. So they described a burden as this: food equal to a weight, in weight to a dried fig. So, don't carry anything. No, don't carry food more than a dried fig. <laughs> enough wine for mixing in a goblet, which is cool. So we get to drink wine, but just not too much. Um, <laughs> milk enough for one swallow. Is that like a swallow a bird? Or is that a, is like a drink and a swallow? I'm not even sure. It's confusing. Honey enough to put, oh, put upon a wound. You shouldn't probably put honey on your wound. I'm a doctor. <laughs> Oil enough to anoint a small member, like, a, like, like my kid-sized small member or like a, a little bit bigger small member. I'm not sure of that either. So we'll have to ask those guys about that. Water enough to moisten an eye salve. Okay? Paper enough to write a customs house notice upon Ink enough to write two letters of the alph- alphabet and read enough to make a pen. So all you can carry is right there, okay? Just that much, no more, no less. And I think this was great for the lawyers, right? We love lawyers. But, but if you read some of this stuff, it just gets, you know, again, you can even nitpick even that. It's like you could say a small member but not a large member. What's, what's small? What's large? What's the definition of all that? That's what these guys were all about. It's like trying to define what exactly is enough. Is too much work. <laughs> What's the line that I can catch up, to get right up next to without falling off? And in this culture, Jesus comes around. So with all of that background, he understands, like, this is what they're so worried about. And Jesus comes around. And remember, Jesus is claiming to be the son of God. And so the Pharisees are just like... I'm not sure about this guy. Um, And they were, again, the Pharisees are like the lawyers. And and they love to debate what the definition of is, is, is. I mean, there's, um, so so they thought they had Jesus cornered. And they caught his followers working on the Sabbath. So let's look at a story from Matthew 12, verses 1 through 8. It says this, at the time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, his disciples, they were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. And then Jesus says to him, to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry? And those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him. But only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? And then he kind of turns to them and says something else. I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. He's talking about himself. And if you had known what this means, and this is a quotation, I desire mercy and not sacrifice you would not have condemned the guiltless. He's talking about his disciples. For the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. The Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. So so Jesus' disciples, they're starving, right? And instead of getting into a debate about whether they should have eaten or not, like whether there was like 14 grains or 15 grains that they ate, I don't know. I mean, some kind of debate that these Pharisees wanted to get into. He said, wait a second, it's not about that. He reminds them of a few things. First of all, he reminds them of David. And and these guys loved David, right? Pharisees, they loved David. I mean, he was like, I don't know, the Jewish version of George Washington. You know? <laughs> right? I mean, you may have had some flaws, I don't know, you may have but he was always the original leader, king of their country. And you don't talk bad about George Washington, and you don't talk bad about David. So that's, that's kind of what, what this was. And, and he was, you know, again, the Pharisees are looking up to him and, and then Jesus says, wait, but, but David, and there's a story of David going and eating this bread, of the presence, it's like the bread that was, that's given to the, as a sacrifice and the priest could only eat it, but David wasn't a priest. He ate it and his followers ate it because they were hungry. So in other words, David did the same thing as the disciples. He broke the letter of the law for, for the spirit of the law. And then he brings it even closer to home by actually like saying, look, the priests work every day on the Sabbath. They break that commandment every day. So there's something that's not quite right here, right? And, and, And the Pharisees are probably saying like, oh, okay, well, you're right, there are some exceptions. And then finally he kind of breaks it down. He says, hey, guys, I'm God. That's me, right? I made that rule so I can kind of, I kind of understand what I meant. Um, and your guys are trying to make it about a day or a, or a bunch of rules or a bunch of details, but it's not about that. It's, it's better than that. I made the Sabbath, and I'm greater than the temple and all of those rules. I have made a better way. See, I desire mercy, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. It says it right there. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. That's what the Sabbath is about. That's what this rest is about. It's about compassion. It's not about the rules. In other words, rest is a, it's not about hurting you. It's about saving you. If we make rest about a day of a week or a destination... Or a vacation. If we try to build structure around it and rules around it, it loses some of its importance. Because, see, God wanted us rest to be part of our DNA, and and the Pharisees and sometimes we we mutate that DNA, we make it make it impure and make it not what God had intended. In Mark two. Verse twenty-seven, and I love the book of Mark. He had a good name, and um, uh, but but in Mark two twenty-seven, there's another statement that Jesus makes. It's the same story; he's basically telling the same story uh, of of what happened with the Pharisees when they were picking, when the disciples were picking grain. But at the end of that story, he says this: Jesus says this. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And I love this because because I think Jesus is saying it's not about, like, I don't need this. You need this. I want to show you mercy, but it's not about being a slave to the day or about the specific rules of what you can and can't eat because you need rest. And I'm showing you this better way of doing it. And I think we all can do this. You know, even in church today, I think we, as this culture in America, in American church, we've gotten pretty good about kind of um, making, making rules up, right? I mean, there's some denominations that are better at this than others, but um, I grew up and, and, you know, you couldn't do a lot of things on, on Sunday um, or Saturday. And, and so we, we sometimes get this in our mind that we have to make up a bunch of rules even in, in this day and age. And in fact, Apostle Paul wrote about this. He wrote about it in Colossians 2, verse 16, because the, the, the church of Colossians and, and, and a, lot of the, a lot of the churches in the early, um, early Jesus follower movement was, they were debating the same kind of stuff. And Paul says this, therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. So the Apostle Paul, he's saying, look, again, just like Jesus said, it's not about all of that, the, the rules and, the, and the, um, the details. It's about this rhythm. It's the rhythm that God set out from the beginning, this rhythm of rest. And he wants that different rhythm than we're used to for us too. He wants us to press pause on all of the, the good things that we're doing so that he can save us from our, from our own burned out, tired out, worn out, stressed out, And maybe you've been feeling that way this, this, this week or this season or this year, I don't know. Maybe you felt like you need rest and you're worried about what it's going to look like if I just pull back and, and stop stuff, <clears throat> press pause on stuff. I mean, and Jesus is saying that to you, press pause. Not because he said so. Not out of a sense of like re- religious duty or guilt or anything like that, but because you need it, you know it, you know you need that, and I need it. This concept of Sabbath, it's made for you, and you know, you have to accept it as a gift, this merciful, life-giving gift, and if you do that, it changes your life, but you need to give God space for that. Um, You need to create margin in your life that that I don't have sometimes that, that probably most of us don't feel like we have. So what does it look like for you? I, I, I have some practical just kinda tips, preaching to myself, as you guys know, I need, I need this as much as any of you. But I believe Jesus is calling us to a time of, of rest even every day, a time that that's maybe it's just 10 minutes where, you, where you're driving to work or making coffee in the morning or. Once you put the bed, kids to bed, just a few minutes to just take down all that craziness. Quiet the monkey mind. <laughs> Relax. And just make it about God. Have some time every day to look at the creator who gave you life. And then he, he so mi- wisely reminded us to rest. It's for your good. So take Time every day. Second of all, maybe for some of you, it's just literally taking a literal day of rest every week. Sometimes, you know, like I said, we've, we've gotten a little bit more liberal in our in our in our world about this, but I think sometimes it is good. I mean, I think sometimes we can make excuses as to why we don't need to be taking this day off. Um, I mean, for and again, it's not about the rules because because I'm a I'm a doctor. I'm going to work tonight. I mean, you know, it's not about just checkboxing, but it's true that I think most of us would say if we take a day off, take a day to focus on, on who God is. I know it's, we're so busy, we, but, but just taking that time off and setting it aside, Jesus will become the Lord of that time for you. And you can take that gift and enjoy His presence in your life. It's a beautiful gift. And take it. And maybe you need to say more often. Maybe you you need to say this word that I just about, I just couldn't say it just now. Maybe you need to say no more often. (laughs) It's hard to me to say it. Because no is so tough to say, especially for people who like to please others. Um, But maybe you need to say no more to activities that are good, but that will just fill up your calendar and make you more busy. Perhaps the rest that you need today is actually like a red pen on your calendar and just xing stuff off. I know it's gonna be hard. It's frightening, it's scary. What are people gonna say, right? And we worry what people will say and, we, and what it's gonna look like in our lives and what, what we might lose, but, but Jesus, he expected this reaction. You're not going to catch him off guard. but He says this. Actually, it's right before this story. He says this. In Matthew 11, he says this. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, who have a big burden, and I'm going to give you rest. So just lay all that down at the feet of Jesus, and he'll give you rest. Because he says this, and I love it, as, especially in light of when we talked about what is the burden. He says, my burden is light. You don't have to worry about all the figs and, you know, wine goblets and all that stuff. I've, I've got this covered. Jesus, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. So here at the mission, we're taking a month off. <laughs> we're taking a month to intern- intentionally break out of our routine and again, like, for our leadership team, it felt, it felt super uncomfortable. And we were afraid. I know it sounds crazy, right? But, but we thought, like, what, if, what would people think if we, don't, if we have kids in the service? I mean, new people come in and say, like, the heck, we have kids in the service? What's wrong with that? You know, it's silly, but it's just how, how we think. Um, and, and this is normal to question and to worry. But God has their backs. And I hope you see that, that, that this, this month of intentionally pressing pause here, even at the mission, it's been refreshing, despite like the technical details and all that stuff. It's refreshing. It, it gives us clarity. It gives us more clarity, not, not less. Right? It allows for more growth, not less. It creates more life, not less. And as Jesus begins to inhabit the margin we create for him in our own lives... As we begin to feel the lightness in the the breathing room, in our own schedule, we'll begin to sense this peace that we all long for. And the burnout starts to fade away, anxiety starts to fade away, the stress starts to fade away. And next week, next week we're going to talk about something else. Because once you have that freedom from kind of the rat race, what do you do with the rest of that? We don't just press pause. We've said this intentionally. We don't just press stop. We're not going to stop doing good things for Jesus, doing good things for our family, doing good things at work. We're going to press play again. But we want to make sure we're pressing play on the right things. So next week, Jason's going to be speaking about that. Uh, How do we balance it all? Do it in the right way, do it in a biblical way. So I really don't want you guys to miss next Sunday because it's going to be amazing. So as the ushers come and as our worship team comes up, let's, let's just pray for the courage, really, to do that, to take, take the time to press pause. Jesus, we just thank you for this, this story. We thank you that you are the Lord that provides rest. Because I know for me, in my life, can make it about all the good things that i 'm doing, and I feel like you need you need me to do them, but God, I know you 're calling us all to press pause, whether it 's a daily pause or a weekly pause or a scheduled pause, God, I know that that all of us in this room sometimes feel fear. We're afraid of what, what people are going to say, what people might think. We're afraid what might happen. But God, I just ask that that you give us the wisdom to know what that, what that looks like for us today. What we really, truly need to press pause on so we can seek your face. And God, I just ask that you give us the courage to take that first step because for me, it's really hard. And we love you and we thank you and we, and we praise you for being the God of rest. So as the ushers come today, God, we just ask that you would bless our offerings, bless, bless what we bring to you we know it's all belongs to you, God. That you've blessed us with plenty. And God, may that the gifts and the offerings and the, and the tithes that we bring today bless not only our neighborhood, but the nations. Because we know that you're so amazing. You're so Powerful, so wonderful. We just just want to give back to you what's already yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.